1: Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water podcast with your hosts Nate and Micah. Andy's bitch ass couldn't make it. <laughs> you didn't waste any time. F that dude. He, and he can't even do anything about it. I know, he's and he's vacation. not going to listen, so he ain't going to hear it.
0: <laughs> we should like, we should say stuff in our shows that is like
1: very important that he should know. Just, Just like little tidbits, like about the be podcast like, or whatever. Be like, hey, Andy. Next time I see you, if you give me three finger like three f- fingers up, I'll give you hundred dollars or just something stupid he, yeah. like that. And yeah. then, you know, just we're like, like, hey, we have a new partner, and yeah. if you if you say congratulations to us,
0: you'll get part of it. Right. Just <laughs> just just dumb stuff, <laughs> and then he'll just be like, "How's it going, guys?" Yeah. Oh yeah, it was great. Did you listen to the last show? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. 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 Uh, that was good. That was good. You freaking liar. <laughs> we should. We hey, should just Andy, with Andy. 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 We love you. I I hope you're having fun on your vacation right now. I don't love him. He's a
1: dick. (laughs) Do you want to get in a fight? Is that what you want to do? No. No, we're fighting. There's no going to get in a fight. We're (laughs) fighting. Is it like um, me trying to fight Dustin in tonight's show? Oh, no. I could definitely take Andy. Oh, there's the difference? Yes. That's what you think? Dustin would mess you up bad. Dustin would annihilate any of us. (laughs) All three of us together. (laughs) Yeah, at the same time. Like He's a beast. Okay. I mean, he did wrestle D1, you know. He's pretty good. And granted, that was 10 years ago, but he doesn't look like he's taking
0: a he's, day off. But
1: he also coaches
0: wrestling. Yeah. Dude's a stud. He okay. doesn't look like he's taking any time off. No. No. He's a killer. And he's one of those guys, like, he's got a sleeve tattoo. Yeah. He's one of those guys that the tattoo really works for him because it it intimidates me even more. I know. Like, like okay, yep, that guy's a badass. <laughs> But he's nice as can be. Like It's not like your tattoo that's got faded letters on your back that
1: some guy did at a garage when you were 17. You might well, you might as well call it a prison tattoo. <laughs> exactly, it looks like a prison tattoo. It looks like you used to do crack and somebody <laughs> no, gave you a tattoo. No, listen to this. So this was last summer. It was one of the hottest days of the year. I remember this because it said hottest day of the year so far. <laughs> and for some reason, I had to dig this damn... Uh, what was it? It was electrical wire going to one of our plants and I had to dig it up because we were getting it replaced. Why I chose the hottest day of the year, I don't know. But I'm sitting there digging in this fenced-in area and I, took, and I had my shirt off. I was like, it's hot as hell. I'm taking my shirt off. My boss comes by, Aubrey. She drives by. She stops the car, rolls the window. You look like a prison inmate. Rolls the window up and just drives off. I'm just like... Well, okay, that hurt my feelings, and it's hundred
0: percent accurate.
1: I get it; it's pretty bad. Tattoos. I will, I will
0: say your tattoos, tattoos. Yeah, yeah I got a few. No regrets, but no. I like no, no that one. That, don't that one is a that one's good one. Good. That, that one's, good. one's a good
1: one, but it's such an odd tattoo. The, the back piece. Well, I, have a, I had like three people, three different people work on it. So yeah, it just your, your initials out. that didn't like stay.
0: Yeah. And just, now they're like flames that yeah, are fading. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's See, bad. your back tattoo is exactly why I never ended up getting one. Well, good. I'm glad I made that decision. Because I was scared to have that. Now, yeah. your tattoo on your uh, chest your yeah. chest or whatever, it says forgive and forget. Yeah. Legitimate. That was a well done one. Yeah, they did a good job. I wish you would have done no regrets. <laughs> Not even a single letter? Not not one letter, huh?
1: (laughs) But uh, anyways. Today's episode. Dustin, I love you. I'm sorry I was talking (laughs) shit. Don't hit me. Speaking of Dustin, that's who we have on today's show. We're talking about (laughs) summer fires. I about said it. I was about to say, speaking of hot, we're going to talk about fire. (laughs) But you just said, speaking of Dustin. (laughs) Speaking of hot, fire. Yeah. We talked about summer burning. Not something that gets brought up a lot in, you know, we we think of, everything we do we think of deer hunting and stuff dustin looks at it in a different lens different yes he's looking at, it at all angles so uh which is good i mean he's helping everything out i could just care less about everything else i just want to help the deer you know <laughs> right. i want to hold and grow big deer uh dustin wants to help out the quail he wants to help out the turkeys and everything else under the sun and and plants he wants yeah plants native
0: species to take over and not these stupid invasives that he's always talking about and yeah so summer fire is a topic i've never really even listened to i'm sure there's other podcasts out there but it's not something we've ever even really thought of so dustin uh, actually the last time that we recorded was like hey that'd be a good one we could do at some point and so we said when yeah. And he said now, so we did it. Perfect. Um, so it's a good show. As always, Dustin gives some really good information. Uh, he told me I asked a good question once, so that's cool. Yeah, good job. I'm smart. Proud of you. So uh, let's get into our sponsors before uh, today's show.
1: Yeah. We'll just go ahead and start off with Habitat Works. Who the hell's that guy? That's Dustin. Habitat Works, LLC at gmail.com. Or you can call him at 816-752-7390. You guessed it. He does summer fire. So give yeah. him a
0: call. Mention us when you call, and you get 15% off any of his services. Uh, Weber Outfitters,
1: this will come out on August 8th. That means you you might maybe have time to put – I don't know when they're – the closing
0: entries entries. yeah
1: so this will be the last time we talk about it exactly the next one we'll be doing the live drawing that coming saturday so for the ultimate bow hunting giveaway yep
0: august 12th in hawk point missouri at weber outfitters is their try and buy event we will be there uh dustin might be there
1: yeah
2: yeah we invite Dustin to go
0: um but we'll be there for sure and it's a try and buy event different vendors are coming out the bow companies saddle companies uh, I think Athlon Optics is going to be out there. We're going to be there. It's a, a, an opportunity to try stuff out. And during the event, we're going to give away the ultimate bow hunting package that you can uh, enter in. If you still haven't entered yet, by the time you enter this sh- or listen to this show, like I said, we don't know when it really closes for sure. I would guess you can uh, apply until... Maybe they draw. I, have I don't no know, idea. Maybe the day before or something. But if you want to, just go into the show notes for today's show, and there's a link right there to take you to the giveaway. If you don't know how to get to show notes or whatnot, then go to MissouriWoodsAndWater.com and go into our partners tab, and the link will be there also. So a uh, couple ways you can do it. You can also get to it through Weber Outfitters. I just don't know where they have it on their website because right. we have the link. So WeberOutfitters.com. Check them out. Um, I want to say hi to a dude that went and stopped in to Weber today. And um, what's his name? Tim. Tim was recently listening to an episode of ours and stopped in at Weber today. Oh, really? And uh, did he pick a bow? Decided to come in for a visit. It was time for an upgrade.
1: Nice. Tim,
0: message us and tell us what you got, bro. I see him uh, getting uh, several ones set up, but which one did you go with? Very cool. Interested to hear that. Yeah. Um, Athlon Optics, they're also, like I said, going to be at the Try and Buy event. Excited uh, to see our our boys there. We haven't seen Drake in a little while. I don't know if Dustin's going to be there or not, but we haven't seen them, so excited to uh, catch up with them. Uh, Weber happens to be a dealer for Athlon as well, so check out Athlon stuff. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah, some would almost say
1: ridiculously good. Ridiculously good optics. Get yeah. it. See what I did? I see what you did there. All right? Onyx use the code MWW twenty for twenty percent. Hopefully, you guys are on there. You know, picking <laughs> out where you're going to be on stand, putting stands and.
0: We just spent twenty minutes on Onyx after yeah, recording with, with Dustin with cause,
1: Dustin because he's. Uh, I don't know about expert, but he's a dang good map reader, and he's already given us some I ideas. Call, I will call him that. Yeah, damn good at, uh, you know, pointing us in the right direction. So, you know, use the code MWW20, 20% off. Camel Fire, Flash Sale, what's today? Today's Thursday. I'm not sure what yeah, they have. Yeah, we're recording a, on a Thursday. The only thing we know is Trail Camp Tuesday, and it's not Tuesday, so I don't couldn't tell you what's on there right now. I haven't got on today. So, yep, Black Ovis used the code MWW10 for 10%. I've been doing a little shopping on there. I tend to do that at a time. I like to fill I my – I put a lot of shit in my cart, and then it sits there. <laughs> right, and then I'm like, okay, then I got to weed through what I actually want. I've also started using my wish list. Ooh, there you go. Do you know
0: that that's an option? You can do wish list? Yeah. Save yeah, I knew your it. wish list. I've never
1: done it, but I knew it was an option.
0: I've got actually probably too much shit on my wish list because then I go back, and I'm like, wait a minute, which pair of pants did I like better? <laughs>
1: I don't remember which ones, so... Right. Like I said, MWW10 for 10% Huntworth gear. We love our Huntworth. Oh, and it's about to get even easier to love your Huntworth. Oh, I saw that. They got, they're got they doing some upgrading to their website. The to what, system
0: builder function
1: is yeah. about to be live. Actually, by the time this comes
0: out, it might be. Awesome. So how is that going to work for them? Uh, there's, I think, five different systems. Of course, I don't know all the details. Just talked to Karen yesterday, but... Um, Let's say you're gonna be a, a early season whitetail hunter. You can go in there and it'll have everything that an early season whitetail hunter potentially would potentially want. And basically, there's the system if that's what you want. Right. Now you can say, hey, I don't want the gloves. Right. So take you them just off. Don't. Well, it and doesn't it, automatically put them in there. It's just this is what is early season. And then you season. probably just click on. Here's a mid season mule deer hunt or whatever. Um, that is going you to like be a, a thing,
1: like a temperature breakdown too. If I remember, right. yeah, it'll,
0: it's got a little blurb about each item too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you can go in, add it to the cart, and move on to the next,
1: and build your systems from there. Well, when you build your system, use the code MWW15 for fifteen percent off. Yep. Alps Outdoors use the code two zero two three Woods Water for thirty percent off. Huge discount. Hopefully, you guys are using that thing. I mean that that's that's. That's some big savings right there. And so, actually, I got even more excited about my elite pack because of our firearms. Yeah, yeah. The guys, uh, my buddy over at Sob Holsters, uh, he's gonna make us some custom uh, holsters for that pack. Cause, uh, yeah, the clip, like my, um, what do you call it, my
0: concealed stock holster yeah. for my Sig, uh, is the clip is just a little too fat for those, um, the webbing or what is it called, Molly, Molly, on the. On the belt, and I really would rather it be on my the padded part of my yeah, like on hip, the outside, not, hip, yeah, inside. And he's gonna make us some, so yep. pretty uh, excited about pretty that. Pretty excited about it. And um, obviously, there's other stuff you can pick up from Alps that is terrific to use. Um, most of my stuff that I'm gonna be camping with in Wyoming is gonna be Alps. Right. I mean, my tent will be, my sleeping bag will be, my sleeping pad will be. My pack will be like, I mean, if of, I, if I use trekking poles, they'll, that would be their stuff. Yep. All that stuff, man. Yep. So check them out. Uh, Zamborland boots. <clears throat> my voice is still cracking. Uh, Zamborland boots, Zambra Speaking of stuff that's going to be in Wyoming with me, my links, I'm telling you right now, I've tried four or five
1: different models of theirs now. Is that your favorite? Those are my favorite, yep. especially with the boa system. I don't know if I like my Beltoros or my links better. I've been breaking in my links, and they're pretty well, pretty well broken. I probably should put a few more miles on them, but uh, I'm pretty happy with them. But I'm also pretty happy with my Beltoros, so I don't know. I'm yeah. going to take both, so we'll just see. I, I took,
0: I, I'm going to take two pairs this year, too, but obviously I'm not going to pack well, in. One pair is going to sit in the truck just in case something happens. Right. Uh, the other pair that I think I'm going to take—
1: is going to be the Leopards. Really? I think the Crestas are going to stay at home. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that well, work. Yep. Reveal cameras. As you guys know from last week's episode, their new app updated, and <laughs> it's, it's oh, exciting. Um, let me look at this picture of this buck real quick. Yeah. Because
0: uh, I got a picture of a buck actually this morning, uh, a buck that I would like to shoot in the face. Well, no, not the face. In the lungs.
1: In the pump house.
0: Um. It happened to be 77 degrees with a southwest five-and-a-half-mile wind, 29.9 pressure, um, and a waxing gibbous moon. What the hell that means? Yeah, i never heard of that moon. Do you know
1: how I got all that information? By the app. On the freaking app. It's on the picture of the buck. Yeah, and then you tag it, and then once you build up enough, it's going to give you statistics of when Which I haven't started tagging them yet. I need to. I've been tagging my bucks. Every single photo of a buck? I haven't just... done every photo. I don't know if i got to do every photo, mm-hmm. but— I mean, I've been doing a few, so it should build a it's statistics. Badass. I mean, it's for it. They're really trying to think of everything. Um, yeah, and like we talked about, I mean, I don't know if this got brought on, but you know, he he's a hunter and he wants the best thing out there. So uh, yeah, that's what he's trying to make. Yeah, it's nine forty-five, and uh, you and I might go set another camera. <laughs> I doubt it. But I mean, I'd I'd be down. No shit, I'd do it right now. Let's go. Let's go. Don't threaten me with a good time. I will threaten you with a good time. I've got my stuff that I don't have to worry about getting uh,
0: eaten oh, by ticks. Oh, yeah, that's
1: true. Although I'm, we
0: will be able to walk straight to the creek. I got my hay dudes on right now. You know that? Yeah. We would. But And I'll talk to you all I'll talk to you All here. All right. Yeah, let's get into the show. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, let's get into the show with Dustin Williams with Habitat Works about summer fire. This is the Missouri Woods and
1: Water Podcast. All right.
0: All right, with us tonight for his first time on Zoom, usually he's been down here with us, but we got our our buddy, and now newly crippled buddy, Dustin Williams. He's not so crippled anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, he's been mended. We'll get into that. But we got Dustin Williams with Habitat Works on Zoom tonight because he worked late like a working man does. Dustin, what's up, man? Uh, Not a lot,
2: just... I think I'm, I'm further along than you realize. I'm on the mend.
1: Pretty good, <laughs> I'm talking too much shit. He's yeah, going to drive down here. He's going <laughs> to drive down and whoop your ass. That's what he's going to do. can't
2: keep a good man down. That's uh, right.
0: Our listeners, I don't know if you know this or not, but Dustin is a svelte individual. Svelte? Svelte. Svelte. He's got some muscles and stuff like that. Dustin's kind of a badass. Yeah, definitely. We'll just
1: We'll say that.
0: So he's about an hour and a half away from us right now, so I'm going to talk all the shit <laughs> I can. So that by next time, hopefully,
2: I've never heard this side of you before. What's the deal? Is that
1: is that not the most typical short man guy (laughs) syndrome you've ever heard? Yeah, he's way. So I'll talk shit. It's like
0: (laughs) Like, it's like a barking dog through his door.
1: Yeah, little yapper. I know where you
0: live. Uh, Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! (laughs) Um, But yeah, what's what's up, man? How's it going?
2: Oh, that's good. Been been busy. Been doing some fun things and. Getting ready to go on a trip to Oregon, the big the actual state of Oregon. I live in a small town of Oregon right now in Missouri. But yeah.
0: What are you going to do okay.
2: there? A little bit of sightseeing for six days, so quite a bit of sightseeing. A
1: little vacation, huh? It's
2: a vacation, Yep. Nice. Yeah.
1: Nice. I. I've, that's one state I would love to go to. I bet it's just absolutely gorgeous out there. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to hunt elk out there. I'd like to hunt elk out there, but I'd go there just to – see it but that's all are you flying or driving
2: we're flying i think it's three and a half hours so it's not really that bad of a flight
1: really yeah that ain't too bad probably like a 20 hour drive oh it's probably longer than that it's probably like 24 i bet is it 24 i I know it's on the coast 20 the good thing is when you're driving out there you
0: gain two hours that's true but when you drive back you lose them so that's got to suck but um yeah, that, that's good. You need a, you need a nice uh, vacation because you've been doing a shit ton of stuff this year, this summer especially. Um, mm-hmm. The topic we're going to get into today, and just I guess I, we shouldn't make an assumption that every listener knows exactly who Dustin Williams and Habitat Works is. You should, but Dustin, quickly introduce yourself for those who don't know who you are. Kind of tell them a, a quick tidbit about Habitat Works and what it is
2: you do. Yeah, um, I started the company in 2019 and kind of did that along with some other habitat um, jobs that I carried for a few years. I worked for Kansas Forest Service for a while. I worked with the, another contractor in Kansas, uh, Custom Forestry Applications. Um, had a good good time there. I learned a lot from my boss. He's a good dude um, and worked for the State of Kansas, the Fish and Wildlife Department at um, their wildlife areas along the Missouri River close to St. Joe. Um, so I've got a lot of experience managing wildlife habitat and uh, an array of different habitat types, whether it's forest or uh, prairie-type system or uh, river-bottom ground. And there's it's all um, similar with some tweaks and some on how you might do things in each of those different places.
1: So, yeah. And that's why um, – and you went to school for that as well too, didn't
2: you? Yep, yep. I went to Mizzou. M-I-Z. Oh, man, I was thinking yeah, – Z-O-U. Uh, I was thinking about how long it's already been since I was there. It's coming up on 10 years since I graduated here mm-hmm. before long. But, yeah,
0: wait till it's almost 20. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But, but uh, um, you know, and, and Dustin – we've had Dustin on the show multiple times. Um, one of my favorite shows, we actually talked about Dustin last week's show in our BS session. Um, well, actually, it be two weeks ago's show in our BS session. We, all, we got a listener question that was, what is something you'd like to get better at? And my answer was, I'd like to be able to read maps like Dustin does. And that's that's one thing I'm, I'm absolutely floored by is, you know, your ability to look at a, you know, a topography map or, a, a, you know, OnX or whatever app map and just kind of plan it before you've ever seen it and talk about you know the the ridges that you see and the uh, you know the ways you would attack it to me that's that's a service i would definitely reach out you know for i mean dustin does it all and um that's just one of the things that he does but man i'll tell you what like i was i love sitting there that night and just pulling stuff up on our big screen and having him just go do do, and I I think I what did I send you like three two or three different properties that we were looking to possibly lease this year, and I sent them to Dustin and said, mm-hmm. what do you think of this? And you know, as soon as he got a moment, he sent it back and he had a, you know a few marks on. It.
1: He's like, this is what I think, blah blah blah. And, yeah, stand placement here, here. this yeah. this be good. They should be moving this way. That sort of thing. So
0: we yeah. luckily have an in with them, so I didn't have to pay him for that. But you
2: know, <laughs> uh, I am uh, no, I appreciate you bring that up i'd like to do more of that stuff for people because that's really fun for me um really what it is is you you take those points and those features and if you're if you're scouting a new place or hunting public land or whatever that might be it it just helps you focus on some areas to start um you know check those points out see what kind of sign there is and yeah you know, look for your acorn trees and look for the food sources near those areas. And then you can kind of have a better developed game plan before the season ever starts. And if you just went in and started walking the whole place. So,
0: yeah. And I think it'd be a great, well, I mean, you think about it now, I don't know how much Dustin charges for that service alone. Although if you mention us, when you call, you get 15% off, but yeah. you know, it's, it's a, I mean, if that's the only thing you had him do, it's a very non-invasive thing, right? I mean, you could literally have a Zoom call with him. If you live in southwest Missouri and he's up in Oregon, Missouri, and you send him a map, he works it up, sends it to you, and you guys get on a call and he can go over it with you. And it's, you know, for a, a person with a new property, I think it'd be great or someone who's having struggles with their current place, you know, maybe there, there's more they want to do with Dustin, but
1: I think that's one of the services that... Well, uh, e- even like a new hunter, too. They're like, definitely. hey, man, I don't really know what I'm doing out here. You know, my grandpa's got this back 40 that he said I could go kill some deer on. <clears throat> Putting, you know, if you're able to lay the eyes on that map, you can point them in the right direction. You know, it, it might not be 100%, but uh, more than likely he's going to get you close. Yep. So...
0: But... Uh, we're not really talking about today. Now, I will say we did have a show with Dustin just a few months ago. Freaking Apple Podcast got rid of episode numbers. So I can't tell you what episode number it is anymore, but it was sometime during like early spring, wasn't it? Winter time.
2: Yeah, um, I don't even what was the topic of that one? It is was the art a- I think
0: it was the art of reading maps or something. I don't even remember. But we talked about maps quite a bit.
2: Oh, and it was the farm, yeah, it was your guys' farm visits. That's yeah, that's right, that's, yeah, right. that's the,
0: right, yeah. The
1: breakdowns and all
0: that. Yeah, uh, it was early spring. Um, But, like I said, for some stupid-ass reason, Apple Podcast got rid of episode numbers, so now I can't just say go back to episode this. Uh,
2: uh, I can find it on Spotify, probably.
0: Yeah, you probably could. And actually, I can tell people what episode number it is. Real quick, not that it's that big a deal, you can find it if you want, but it is episode... Mm-hmm. 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 Right here, 150. 150. Episode 150. That would have been sometime around... March or April. March, yeah. Probably Aprilish. Mid-March, yeah, early little... April. So, anyway, that's a good show. What we're going to talk about today specifically is summer fire. And it's something that, honestly, a lot of people don't think about. I never really have thought about it. I'm one of those people that always thought you burn in early spring. Like that's just when you burn, yeah. when things get green, you don't burn anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, Dustin disagrees. I don't know that he disagrees that burning in the early spring is a bad idea, but, um, I mean, how you've been doing quite a bit of burning lately, correct?
2: Uh, not lately because the, the growing season burning has, it really just kind of starts about this time of year mm-hmm. and it runs through September or October, depending on the conditions. Right. Um so it's been a little while since I've done one and um we're recording this show you know, what's July twenty seventh. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my first one of the growing season tomorrow and then I have three more right now that I have to do for this growing season. So and, uh,
0: what what about summer burning is something you like? I mean there's we'll get into all of it, but I guess what are some of the the main positives to it and and how does that differ from, you know, the early, early spring where a lot of people think about burning?
2: Well, all the burns are, um, goal specific. And so it just depends on what you're trying to achieve with your burn. And, um, like the one tomorrow, it's prescribed by the NRCS, um, for CRP contract. The gentleman has a tree problem and, and so burning this type of or this time of year is more efficient at setting back woody encroachment in in the CRP ground, and uh, so for that goal specifically, that's this is a better time to burn. So, uh, so, so it's not so
1: necessarily great for uh, timber, or I guess you would call it like doing a timber burn.
2: It is it is trickier. I have found this type time of year. Especially in our area, to do uh, timber burns, and that's because most timber stands are not improved, <laughs> and so they're shady. <laughs> they're they're really dense and they're shady, and sunlight helps you get fire going tremendously. Right. Um, that, that's part of the reason I didn't burn today. Um, I was supposed to burn today, and then it was cloudy and humid. And when the cl- clouds were over, it's more humid, um, and so I was like, it's looking at the weather tomorrow. A lot better, a lot less cloud cover, and it should should create a better a better burn. But so you asked about the timber. Usually, there's not enough sunlight in there, and it's really damp in the understory, and it can be difficult to get a fire to burn through the woods this time of year. Okay.
0: So what what about like you were talking about trying to uh, knock back some of the woody encroachment on the CRP for this particular land that you're going to? What about burning now? Is better for that than six months ago
2: so in the winter burns during the early spring or the winter when you burn through grass that will obviously easily burn the plant has all of its nutrient reserves in the root system and so you run that fire through there and it's the same thing as if you just cut it off with a chainsaw all the nutrients are still in the roots and once the growing season kicks off again, that tree immediately is going to resprout. This time of year, a lot of the plant's nutrients are in the top of the tree. And with a little bit of rain that we got even in the, the past week or so, it, it's running its nutrients as it typically would. Sometimes in a drought, they'll actually resort to storing those nutrients down below. Um, but... More of the plant's nutrients are up top, and so when you run the fire through, you set it back more effectively than you would if you do it when it's completely dormant.
0: That makes sense. So is that kind of the same? Um, oh, I, the same thought with. Um, well, you you saw one of my hunting properties this this last year. We walked it and how just freaking nasty and crappy it is. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, you have the the one problem of the you know being dark on you know under the understory and it's not very open in there but if you were able to successfully burn in a really thick um oh you know brushy area up to head height let's say you just got all the crap that you don't want in there is it the mm-hmm. same basic premise with you know plants like the the locust and the things that you don't like the invasive species they're also kind of out and alive by now and so if you're able to successfully burn them they would you would do more damage to i guess them um than you would early spring when you're you're kind of opening it up for them
2: yep that's correct so if you burn it in the spring you're gonna wipe out everything above which is essentially just dead plant material anyways and all the nutrients that you're sending back down to the ground are gonna go right back to the roots of that plant and it's just gonna go off like gangbusters again and uh wait a
0: minute like yeah three weeks later you're like what the hell (laughs) yeah i I just (laughs) set this on fire
2: yeah i mean it'll set it back but it's invasive species for a reason so it's just does really well yeah that makes Um, sense yeah so um
1: are people are like are you would it be better to do this rather than like just a normal some type of spray that would kill it this time Uh, of year this time of year
2: a spray will, as long as you get complete coverage and the conditions are right, again, um, you, you essentially kill that whole plant as long as you use the right chemical. And so I'm using 2,4-D and Pasture Guard in a mix to spray stuff like Multicolor Rose and Ceresia Lespediza and um, all, all of that all those woody invasives. So I guess but in theory
0: that would be more effective, right? Cause you're actually just, you're killing
2: them. More effective, more expensive, right? More hazardous. More to your dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I come in contact with a little bit more of that stuff than I would like. I would much rather burn than spray. <laughs> makes sense. It's, it's the cheapest. It's the most cost effective, the most natural. Um, you get more benefits from, nutrient recycling by burning all that goes into the ground and so those are some of the positives to burning versus chemical but chemical in most instances even even during a summer burn you're going to have to come back with chemical at some point because there's a seed bank or some of those are still going to re-sprout or whatever that might be
0: yeah yeah that that makes total sense i mean What are I guess so? What are the the hurdles you have to overcome when you burn in the summer? Though I mean, do you have to like? Is your preparation and your execution different just because of the I guess the difficulty you might have? Like what what challenges do you have in the summertime?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the challenges are that a lot of times that the vegetation is green versus in the spring it's dead. So already there's that hurdle of um, burning things that are, are living and they have moisture in them. Um so it's more difficult in that aspect. A lot of times in the CRP um scenario anyways, what you're burning is the dead thatch from the previous year's growth that is underneath. And so getting that humidity down or yeah, down low enough is important because the the green grass will slow that fire too, and and a growing season burn is not the same intense ripping thing that um spring burns can be, especially in like a grassland scenario, yeah, and I mean, let, once in a while. like Go
1: ahead. probably unless it's just drier than hell out, and right. everything's pretty much dead anyways, just you right. without any moisture. sure i'm sure I'm sure that's when it gets a little sketchy,
2: right. Okay. Um and that's that's another thing too it's sketchy in those those grassland burns in the spring and the winter because everything around you is all dormant sometimes you can use those forest edges and some of those features as your fire break if you can get into there in case of the need to put a fire out you don't want to rely on that if it's if you can't get into it but sometimes, like tomorrow, there's a section of it that I know just based on how dense and dark it is that a fire is not going to creep through there. Um, so, for I'm going to go ahead and mow the line anyways because there's segments along there. But I'm not going to be as worried in those areas where it creeps into that dense vegetation.
0: Yeah, not that you would be careless, but you have you can control the fire a little easier this time of year. Yeah. Um, once again, unless everything's just dead, but, um, because you kind of have that already working against you at the same time, though, it's harder than for you to successfully do it. Like, I'm, I'm sure at times you're like, okay, I've got this. It's, it's off. It's got it. And then it's, it's out and you got to start again or whatever. But, um, I'm sure there's some of that and some cussing on your part at
2: times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Some old crap. (laughs) Right. But, um, Yeah, but never, yeah, especially, I'll do that every once in a while where, you know, I know what that's going to be like, but for anybody listening, just make sure you got good fire lines, make sure you got three or four people with you, got all the equipment to put the fire out, and just don't, complacency is what will get you.
0: (laughs) Well, because one of the big things that would worry, well, like Andy, who's not here tonight, so, hey, tell Andy to screw off right here, you know, right here, just tell him you know he doesn't love you. (laughs)
2: yeah he doesn't (laughs) love me he likes he likes corn more than i like that's what i was
0: just going to say guys like him you know farmers obviously right now there's beans and corn in the ground and that are actively growing and so you do definitely have that i guess that that worry of things like that getting uh, affected whereas in early spring you're not gonna you know be worried about them as much because uh they're, they're not in the ground and, you know, a lot of those field edges are cultivated, too, um, where you can – that is there, – there's a fire break right there. It's a bunch of fresh dirt. But – so that's something you got to definitely worry about this time of year. So, I mean, it's not like you're not taking the same precautions that you would in the, in the winter time. It's just – it's a different, you know, ball game this time of year as far as things you don't want affected um, compared to things that you maybe don't care about in the winter – but then you also have the added benefit that it's harder to burn stuff now, so you can kind right. of be a little more. I mean, do you get more aggressive this time of year than you might in early winter, or are you about the same um, overall?
2: It, I mean, it's hard to say. Yes, to, it just it's so situationally sure. dependent, and um, kind of like talking about the crop situation that you just mentioned. There, there's better times in the growing season to burn, depending on your goals, too. So, a little bit later than now would actually be better because more of those plant nutrients are all the way up. And, um, but the later in the growing season you get, the more dormant the crops are. So, the corn is starting to dry out and the beans are starting to dry out. So, September, if you're doing a growing season burn in September, you're more likely to light somebody's whole cornfield on fire. So, you better make sure that. Yeah. You got a good fire line there.
0: That would not be something that either of you would be happy about. <laughs> that that would be no. bad. That'd yes, be real that'd bad. Be, that'd be not good. Not good. Uh, I've got the
2: insurance, but I'd rather not use it. So sure.
0: Yeah, you don't want to yeah. use the stuff. That's for sure. Um. So, uh, are there certain? Are there any plants or uh. Invasives that you have found it more effective to burn now than in the winter or vice versa? Yeah.
2: yeah um, winter burns are really good for helping to set back the, as long as they're not big um, specimens of honey honeycellical and olive, they're pretty good at setting those species back. But if you burn grass in the wintertime and you have a sericeal spadesis problem, you are making conditions better for that sericeal spadesis. And so that's one of the main ones that is a huge problem in, in this area. Um, well, we had pretty a, much
0: in your place that had it pretty bad. Yeah. Or I think
1: so. What was it that was all over the ground? I don't know. I had a lot of crap on the ground. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Had a
0: lot of, I had a big old mess. Dustin's like, I honestly don't remember because you guys <laughs> had such <laughs> shitty places.
2: <laughs> but. Uh, no, you guys both had uh, Japanese honey. that's stuff. what ah,
1: it was. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, that's a that's I have notes for that a little bit too um, but and I it's not that I've found that it's better but it's known that growing season burns are better for setting back Cci Lespidza and um, kind of back to like better times for that even it starts to put on its seed and flowers a little bit later than now and so if you can get a fire hot enough, to burn that plant up while it has the seed on, you can actually effectively cancel that seed with that that burn. It will not it won't germinate anymore. Um, so, so you yeah, can almost effectively
0: knock it back for generations, quote unquote.
2: Yeah, except for it has a lot of seed in the ground and the seed <laughs> made for three Indonesia is um that's has a lot of longevity, sneaky so. son of a bitch. Yeah, it's not fun. It's like the worst thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see that. Now what about A lot of times Go ahead. A lot of times that Ceresia is so dense though in many situations that it's one of the areas that a fire in a grassland burn will stop. But it might be easier for you to get up to it and then spray that patch if you burned everything that was around it. So
0: That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if you got like a tall grassy area that you're not going to be walking through, and then you burn, and then you just have these patches of that left over. I'm not going to try to say the word because that would sound stupid. You know, just sitting there left over. I mean, you
1: can walk right up to them and then spray them. So I guess that's definitely a positive. Or what about uh, spraying it before you burn, killing it as much as you can, and then would that – then would it catch fire after that or – yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, I have. Can you? How, how loud is my dog barking I'm in the back? Oh, she's. No, fine.
0: Yeah, we can't hear. Her. She's fine. You're fine. She can come in and watch you. Oh, yeah. you're gonna close the door on her.
2: <laughs> mean she dad. She really should come in. Yeah, she could. Um. Yes, actually, I, I. That's something that I wrote down too, because it is more difficult to do certain things this time. Of, time of year, there are ways that you can create the scenario that maybe I wouldn't have been able to burn, but if I go in and I spray, it, and then two weeks later, that stuff's all brown, browning up and drying out, now I can burn it effectively. Um, another another thing that would help that is you can mow. You want to mow high and so that it, when you leave the stuff that you cut, it kind of has a dense, la- not a dense layer, but it has air in it. It's fluffy. yeah. yeah. And it kind of falls down in the stuff that's still green, so it leaves that fluffiness to it. Then you might be able to run fire in a few weeks after what you mowed. That
0: makes sense. So if I you mean, cut it
2: all, yeah. If you cut it all the way short, a lot of times it's so close to the ground and it's so compacted that it it won't want to. But the main thing, even in that instance, is going to be if your humidity and the sunlight is what it needs to be.
0: Yeah. So it's really just dependent on, like, the property you're you're burning in this situation. If you've got a property with a bunch of sericeal espadiza. Nice. I had to really think no. about that one. If you've got a property full of that, you might attack that differently than if it's a property full of, you know, small, young, woody brows or whatever that you're trying to knock back out of a CRP area like you're going to tomorrow or whatever. You know, yeah. you could say in that, the first uh scenario i kind of painted you might go in spray this the invasive species let it brown up then go back and just like attack fire in those areas specifically um yeah. or like i said you might mow and then go back and attack it i guess it just is dependent on what you're trying to accomplish and and you know what property so that, i guess that's the biggest thing is you have to see what you're you're attacking or at least have a very good idea. I'm assuming most of these properties, you have have you either already seen them or at least had a really detailed talk with who you're going to work with? Why do I sound
1: like a pre resident? I don't know. You keep <laughs> your mouth... I think it's karma. My voice keeps cracking. Yeah. He's talking so it's much karma shit. Karma from all that crap-talking so shit. And <laughs> he's scared. I hey. don't even know it. Why don't you come chase me? <laughs> yeah. He probably could get you now. He probably could. It no, sounds no, like you, you bro, no. Listen this. to this. I, I know we're going. We never even we never even got into it though. Like he, we didn't. His injury? Yeah, we didn't yeah, talk I forgot about about, it. about that. Yeah, we can
0: cover that. We'll cover it. In a, we'll do it at the end. Okay. Uh, no shit. We'll though. Last Monday, Monday, I ran slash walked for two miles trying to get ready for Wyoming. And at the end of my run, I thought to myself, "I'm gonna fucking die in Wyoming. <laughs> I'm gonna die on that mountain. That's what's gonna happen." But anyway, um, you know, I mean, you 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 really just need to see the property, right, to decide how am I going to attack this with fire, one way or the other.
2: Yep, yep. So like like you mentioned with spraying beforehand and then burning, that would actually be something that you guys could do on with the Japanese honeysuckle. Um, get that stuff dying and burn up like curtains, and then. You know, you'd have these little holes, and it it would be a repetitive thing. Still, like I mentioned before, but
1: right with that, I mean, because obviously my my place is mostly timber. uh, What effect on the trees does it have? uh, Whenever you're burning in summer, like it depends
2: on the on the fuel height. In most of the timber on both of your guys' places, there wasn't a whole lot of great.
0: Yeah, that's right. We had bullshit. Yeah.
2: (laughs) you know, you might accidentally kill some honey locusts and some hedge trees, but you know who cares, right? Well, um, that is something you would want to be careful of. You wouldn't want to uh, torch some some younger, especially uh, oak trees, or or something that you might want to keep. Um, it would have to be very super dry and probably windy for um, for it to catch a mature oak tree or something like that.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: So that's when you wouldn't really have a huge problem if you've if you've sprayed, sprayed the invasive you're trying to get rid of in especially in a timber area. Let's say if you've sprayed it a couple of weeks before, it's browning up. But let's say it's been rainy, uh, you know, let's a, a couple of days before you go out and burn. That might be a good thing for you in that case because yep. the only thing that's going to burn is the shit that's dying. Yep. Um,
2: and yeah, then you don't have to worry. Yeah, if you're in a sensitive area that you don't want it to get out of control, then you might wait for the lesser conditions just so that you know that it's not going to go past what's already dead.
0: Yeah. So what I'm basically gathering from our talk so far about summer fire, I guess I've never really thought of it for what I call winter fire. You know, winter fire, I just, you know, you'd go out there with your freaking torch and you start a fire and you let it run. With summer fire – you know, what I'm kind of gathering is there's a lot more thinking and strategy that is involved because, well, it's harder and you got to think about, you know, because if you do affect tree or I guess vegetation that you don't want to, you're also going to do accomplish the same bad shit to the stuff you don't want to affect that you would the stuff you do want to affect. So, um, I would, I guess I would I'm kind of gathering that just going out there with a the torch and saying, well, you know, summer fire is a great thing, might not be a smart idea. You really need to think about what it is you're trying to accomplish before mm-hmm. you just start letting, lighting things on fire.
2: Yep. Yeah, and it's just going to, it depends on, will I be able to, you know, and that's going to have an effect on the approach. Right. Um, where I'm going tomorrow has plenty of dead from last year, cool season grass underneath, and it's going to burn. And so I don't have to do anything extra to get ready except for drop fire like I would in a winter fire.
1: Right. Right. Is it going to knock about or knock back your, uh, like your native species that you're going to want to come back? Obviously, or how it, or does it affect them as much as it does everything else? Or is, or do they come back quicker?
2: So, to simplify spring versus summer burning, you burn in the spring to promote grasses. So say you have a, a piece of prairie ecosystem that you're going to burn. You burn in the spring, the warm season grasses, hopefully, that you have there are going to do very well. Spring burning does well for grass. If you have cool season grass, it's going to do well, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, a typical rule of thumb in the, in the native, when you burn in the summer is that you are going to set those grasses back and then the next growing season. And even this coming cool growing season, like October, November, you're going to have more forbs and even your cool season grass will grow back this, this fall.
0: So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you kind of need both. Yeah, it's. It, I could see where you want to use both in to your advantage. Yeah, in I different mean, scenarios. Yes. But a lot of in people most, only think about wintertime burning or early spring burning. Like I, mm-hmm. before we met Dustin and we, well, started, um, yeah. I never thought about burning in the summer. Right. I just like no, you, everything's green. Why the hell would you do that? Like yeah. If somebody would have said, "Dude, why aren't you burning right now?" I'd have been like, "Because I'm not an idiot." Yeah. Now I feel like <laughs> hot, an idiot. F- fire in
1: summer's bad. It's already, a,
2: <laughs> yeah. it's already 100 degrees outside. I don't need <laughs> right,
1: any Right. Dude, that's one thing. You're going to be sweating your <laughs> nuts off tomorrow, bro. I'll be plenty hot. We'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you stay so felt. <laughs> yeah. I always sweating. He's his... Just sweating. Yeah.
0: yeah. Constantly dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get some electrolytes in your kidneys, bro. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But
2: um, I do plenty of water, not enough electrolytes.
0: Yeah. I would say, like, it's. Um, it's something that, like a guy like me or Micah, that's where someone like Dustin would benefit the, what I would call the average Joe. Because, you know, let's say we were trying to knock down our Cereziol Espediza. Well, we would probably just start burning. Instead of thinking through, hey, it would be a good idea to bur- or kill this real quick with some spray or even mowing it at the bottoms or whatever you could do, then come back and you know, burn. You know, that would take that would require planning, and sometimes people like us mm-hmm. don't plan,
1: we just go start we tearing just, shit up. We just do. Well, I never know when I'm going to be able to go out, right. And work on my farm, right? I mean, I have slacked big time this year just because I haven't had the time to go out and oh, actually do anything. He would be disappointed in me because I still haven't mowed, yeah, at that property. Well, I've done that, it's going to happen soon. I that's, promise. About, that's about the only thing I've done, <laughs> and I have killed some cedar trees. First time. Yeah, I've the time. I've killed I've killed quite a bit of cedar trees, so you'd be proud of me on that one, you know.
2: Oh, you did I remember you did have and It was down in the thick cedars when we got close to the yeah. pond. Yeah.
1: yeah, I've taken some of those cedars out and mowed some of that back and I got into some of that thicker timber that we didn't even walk through and there were some cedars around in there and I was able to take a few out and clear some more crap up, but uh, other than that, I haven't been able to do as much as I wanted yeah. to. Um but yeah. You you would going. actually
0: be proud of me and Micah finally. Not that it is anything that we've accomplished, but him and I picked up a new hunting property this year for us. And um it actually has like good trees. Yeah. Like nice like straight, good, like normal trees and not just bullshit. It's not all
1: uh <laughs> It's you got know. some areas, sure, but, but it's not uh, hedge and thorny locusts. It's right. actually got some oaks and walnuts. Like we were and- walking through there the first
0: time, we're like, we could hang there, 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 <laughs> there, 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 like all these different places we could actually hang in. And uh, uh, so, what's the one I sent you the the map of? Uh, okay, we'll we'll I'm talk about it. Here. We'll talk about it later. But yeah, yeah. It, it's that one. Um, so. I mean, I guess from the planning side, like, that's where you call a guy like Dustin. Right. You know, even if it's just a consultation, I mean, you know, he will work. What do you say? Have have vehicle, will travel, will work for food. You know, like, if if all they want is a consultation, then, you know, that's what he'll give them. Obviously, he would prefer to give you a consultation and come do the work. But the dude's got a phone number, man. Like, and by the way, it's 816-752-7390. But – you know he. This is uh you know where I would err on the side of caution. Caution, because the last thing I would want to do, especially if like I was boarded up to a farmer, is, is well, I mean, even if your fire got too hot and it damaged the crop next to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if um, you're right up next to a crop, if it gets hot enough, it will it'll ruin those. You know. Yeah, it's not going to be the entire the field, field, but you know, you're still going to own some money. Yeah. <laughs> So, um,
0: and I guess that's why I never thought of it. Cause you, you know, you got less access, you got stuff that you don't want damaged, but at the same time, the fire is probably not going to be as quote unquote effective or get as out of hand. So you can control it much better than you maybe could in the winter burn. But, um, I just, I'm excited to hear some of the benefits to, you know, summer burning. We've already talked about some of the negatives i guess but is there any other negatives versus positives that you have seen with your summer burning
2: uh, i mean it's all relative too i mean it's not necessarily negatives and positives as much as i mean it's a negative that's gonna be super hot and if you do it in the summer make sure you have plenty of water but um, think about
0: all those ticks you're. Fucking, think of all those ticks you're. Yeah, fucking that has got to feel good. Yeah, <laughs> the thousands, the hundreds yeah. of yeah. stupid yeah. bastards. Yeah, I would. I, I might just do that just to laugh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. And when I think of I think of negative versus positive, it's more like what might happen in this scenario versus this scenario. So one thing that could happen is that you have a, a patchy burn, and it trickles through. But what I like about that is that. Usually, I'm doing things to mimic nature, and in nature, nothing is like all the way wiped out all the time, and so it creates diversity in that in that aspect. And and not burning the whole, not having a clean black slate isn't a problem. It's just creating little areas of this type of vegetation versus little areas of this type of vegetation. So uh, I got I yeah, negative versus positive. Guess it's
1: on how you, look at, really. it.
2: about, yes, you really look at it. What about? really just
1: What about as far as the deer are concerned? I mean, I mean, I do all this because I want to shoot big deer. You know, I want big deer around me. I'll go bang bang as as, as a hunter, and doing these summer burns. What what have you noticed like what the herd does like as far as your deer herd like do they move out for a little while longer since some of their food is obviously going away or do they come right back the next day or how's that
2: well there is so much food everywhere right now that where you're burning isn't going to be enough of an issue to run those deer off and so they can go not very far i guarantee and find plenty of food it might be the cornfield that you're trying not to burn up right next door. Right. But, um, from a hunting standpoint, when you burn, burn think of when you burn in the winter, or early spring, turkeys really like it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause the, it cranes up, there's tons of bugs in there and they tend to flock up around a fresh burn and enjoy their mating season there. It's not much different for a white tail deer if you burn in the summer. So, You get the area that you burn now through September. It cools off, starts to get more damp in October. The cool season stuff grows just like a fall food plot. And now you have a cheap fall food plot. That you just ran fire through to create, and you didn't have to buy any seed, and you didn't have to turn your tractor on. You just had to not burn up your neighbor's cornfield.
0: Hey, while Andy's on vacation? Let's burn up all my shit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he comes back. He's like, What happened? <laughs> Beanfield's gone. Be like, Hey, listen, what had happened was we didn't call Dustin to come I had help a- us. <laughs>
2: I haven't personally witnessed the follow-up. A lot of times, unfortunately, what happens when I'm doing work is I do the work, and then I'm on to the next thing. And Unless I get feedback from the landowner, I don't always see. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm willing to bet that that would be a positive uh, as far as whitetail deer hunting goes because you're taking out what's dead and dormant right now, and then the new vegetation is going to come in the fall when you want it to come, and it's going to be stuff that's green during that time of year. So, yeah.
0: And, I mean, if it takes – I mean, if it does – if it's a good fire, you know, it makes life easier on them, too, in that certain property. I mean, we all know deer have no problem walking through thick shit. Yep. But do you think they prefer to do that? No. I mean, we've all all seen – we've all mowed, mowed trails. Well, I mean, like my property, Dustin, you saw it, where my trails were mowed. Guess where a lion's share of the deer walked. Where it was easier for them to walk, which is where I mowed. Now, obviously not all the time. Big old mature bucks sometimes like to stay in the bull crap and, you know, make sure they don't get messed with. But, I mean, that deer right above me walked down a mowed trail in the middle of the rut because it was easier for him and he could scent check quicker. And so, you know, we all all see that. And I guess when you're doing it now, now through season – that area is going to be easier for them to, uh, access, access and, you know, do their thing in than if it was still, you know, thick and lush and all that crap. And, you know, now it's just kind of reset before the season. So I could see where that would be a really positive for the deer population too. Yep. I'm small. You small.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) What else you got? Summer fire
2: uh you gonna, are you gonna come light some
0: of my stuff on fire oh, that sounds fun good hey you coming my way tomorrow just stop by yeah light it uh, up
2: i'm going east i'm going straight east of uh, saint joe so you're just gonna be just north of me
1: i'm just saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he's gonna have his handful how many, how big is the piece that you're doing uh 18 acres okay so it's not huge but I mean, no, good size
2: no. Uh, The guy has a driveway on the high end, which in all fires, you want to start at your high ground and work downhill because fire climbs. Mm -hmm. High ground and as much downwind as you can, a lot like hunting deer. So that's another benefit to topography is knowing how to work fire. That's Uh,
0: something else I didn't think of. Yep. Work it right down into that creek. Yeah, and then it stops, and that's where you stop. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. So you really have to, you know, pay attention to a lot of factors. I mean, if you let's say this property tomorrow you're going to is a perfect square, and you coming in from the north, and the wind is blowing from the south, and you're trying to work south, you're going to fight that wind the entire time downhill.
2: Yep, you always start at the furthest down downwind spot, and so. Here's a negative you asked a little bit ago of uh, growing season fire. Is it's a lot more smoky because right. the vegetation, vegetation has moisture in it. And so hopefully I can stay just ahead of the smoke and put it out like right behind me. Right. Because it gets pretty brutal sometimes <laughs> when it's blowing around your face.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you're going to let the fire department know that you'll be burning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody...
2: Anybody that's looking to burn in Missouri, all you need to do is um, have a good plan, have help, have water and the tools to put it out, which a leaf blower is going to be the most effective. And then water is emergency situation. You don't want to have to rely on water. Yeah. Um,
0: Don't want to burn up your truck.
2: You just call. Some places might have, uh, they might want you to call the rural fire department. But you call the sheriff's department and say, hey, this is the property address. We're doing a controlled burn. And sometimes they want you to tell them when it's done. They'll ask you what you're burning, how many acres. Um, sometimes they just say, yeah, if I don't hear from you, that means everything went okay. So yeah, pretty yeah. much what that does is. Alert the neighbors so they don't have a bunch of random people calling saying there's a fire somewhere and they yeah. know where it's at.
0: And, and sometimes you're in a burn ban area. I mean, like, we've been in a bit of a drought the last two summers in Missouri. um Like, mm-hmm. all I got to do is look at my pond and see that it's five foot low and know that it's been dry here. Uh, now, I don't know about where you're going tomorrow. Different areas have had a lot more rain than other areas just a couple miles away, but. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you go to say, "Hey, I'm going to burn." You call the local fire district, and they're like, "Hey, dude, uh, we're in a burn ban right now. You can't. Yep. You can't."
2: Red Red Flag Day.
0: Yep. So you know, um, all that, that sort of stuff.
2: Yep, that's something that at the later end of the season. So next month is August. It's almost August now, but towards the end of August, early September, if it's still as dry as it has been, there will be a lot of burn ban days. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, especially as as uh, farmers start. Um, harvesting the crops, that's when you got a lot more opportunities for fires, you know, uh, maybe a combine sparks and starts a field on fire. Um, f- you know, field fires definitely pick up when combine or harvest season starts, uh, start, everything's dying, going dormant. Like you said, um, there was a day last year when we had our drought. If you remember, it was in Kansas city. Uh, the Kansas city area was a, a super windy day. And then it, it was also in the middle of a drought, and we had so many field fires and fires just throughout the city. Um, and so, yeah, if you're in a burn ban and it's a 20-mile-an-hour day and uh, you want to go burn, maybe think twice about that. Yeah. that's when maybe, you could cause some issues.
1: pick another day.
2: <laughs> yep. A lot of that's going to happen based on, like you said, wind speed, um, humidity. When the humidity is down in the 20s, it, it's – or maybe think about not doing it, but there's a there's a small window there where where you can burn where it's safe. Yeah. So usually it's either too too hot or too wet, too dry, or too windy. So
0: Yeah, yeah never never like the day you're like, hey, I have today open, I should go burn. No, I can't. That it's raining like, or, Yeah.
2: The whole week I thought I was gonna burn today and I woke up this morning and it was like the forecast switched on me from what I had seen. I I mean, Weatherman's is right
0: as he is but Brian Busby um, wasn't there right here yeah that's right I <laughs> told Brian you, Brian Busby um, so now we can finally kind of talk about it so tomorrow when you go do your burn are you going to take your little rascal or how are you going to get around
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking
0: <laughs> so now we can talk about the injury since we um, so I guess and we've talked about it before but you tore you ruptured your Achilles like what two months ago three months ago now
2: yeah it was Mother's Day yeah Mother's Day night.
0: And I already know what happened, but what did you do?
2: I was blowing the gutters out, and I was done doing that, and nobody was holding the bottom of the ladder. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know if you need it. Roofing flashing is made of sheet metal, and it's really sharp, and so it will cut your Achilles tendon right in half. I did not know that part. Oh,
0: man. I I thought you landed, and it ruptured. You actually so had your you Achilles just, sliced in half? Just cut? Oh, yeah, dude. But I,
2: mean, I was in such shock that I didn't know, you know, I hit the ground and I luckily I didn't hurt myself worse or break my neck or anything like that, but That
0: hurts me just thinking about that.
2: Oh. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really know. I, I looked thought
0: at it. When you when I talked to you, I thought you said you fell off the ladder and like when you landed, you know, your Achilles popped. I didn't realize you cut through the damn thing. Yeah, uh. I did. I, I wish I wouldn't have asked more questions about that. Micah, you shouldn't have told me to talk that sound, about that. That sounds
1: terrible, man. And
0: a, so they had to attach that, right? They had to put it back together? Yeah, had, Do yeah. not – if you're looking for pictures on your phone right now, I want to see them. <laughs> I know that's what he's doing. Go ahead and send those were over you you at least, Were whatever. you at least blowing out your mother's gutters for her on Mother's Day? Is that what you were doing?
2: No. Uh, I had <laughs> saw her that day. I was in St. Louis with my sister and my family and my girlfriend and – uh We came home and there was rain coming that night, and from the last rain, I knew that our gutters need to get cleaned out. And so I was up there doing that, and I was I was done, and it was just climbing back on the ladder to climb down, and it went slid out.
0: Oh man, that yeah, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. That that makes me think of like a paper cut, you know, like just put like a thousand times worse. I know, but just like if you put a piece of paper on your finger and purposely tried to cut it, yeah, Uh that. Quit looking for the pictures. I don't. I don't want to see. Them. Well, I do want to see them, but maybe after we record.
2: <laughs> what if they're sending to you right now. Oh, so. he's sending it to us.
0: Sweet. Um, what else? What are some other things that you're kind of accomplishing this time of year? This show with us will come out August eighth. Um, happy birthday, Amy. Yeah. And uh, this show will come out on August eighth. So, what are some other things you're kind of doing right now outside of Summer Fire that is pretty beneficial?
2: Um, herbicide is big right now. It's that, that time of year where the ceresia, the multi-floor rose, um, anything that's accessible. Um, it's a good time to spray. If you have, uh, dense stands of certain trees in the woods, this is hack and squirt season.
1: Okay.
2: So I still have time then. (laughs) I can still
0: hack and squirt.
2: Yeah. I don't remember any hack and squirt areas on your place, but.
1: Oh, I had quite a bit. I got I had a lot of them uh, thorny locusts and crap like that. We wanted to take. Oh care of. yeah, yeah.
2: Um, a lot of times it's a bunch of elms and ironwood and those type okay. of trees where it's super open underneath of them, and so it's just stems everywhere. Um, there's that. It's fall food plot season. I don't do I don't do a whole lot in the food food plot department, um, but it's time to get some of that stuff in the ground. Um, but he would but, he would, but he would folks,
0: he would, <laughs> but I will <laughs> once again, have, have truck will travel.
1: He'll probably come have up truck. with a better plan for you to where you're getting natural food rather
2: than I'm more likely to tell you where your food pots should go. and. Now you do want it. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like, I, I think a lot of hunters or outdoorsmen, uh, don't really think of late July through early September as a time to do this sort of stuff right now they they food plots is definitely on people's minds, but they're thinking about hanging stands and they're, you know, getting areas prepped, but they're not really thinking about the the property aspect right now. It's kind of more of the deer, yeah. the, the deer hunting, you know, like, I like I'm, I'm checking my cameras oh, right now. Screw you, bro. To our listeners, he just sent the pictures to us.
1: <laughs> oh, that's
0: uh, nasty. nasty. Man.
2: Jesus, how <laughs> unlucky are
0: you? If that was like two inches lower, it's just cutting your heel. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it's gonna hurt, but at least you wouldn't have surgery. Yeah, that's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I talked crap. I apologize, my friend. He's doing better though. This. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ever cross me, I will slice your other Achilles. (laughs) I'm just kidding. What is that? Uh, The office episode, Dwight. I love you guys, but if you cross me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I love that show. So, Um, yeah, but it's just that time of year where people are, you know, they're in that hunting, they're getting in that hunting mode, and there's definitely still a lot you can get done um, on this that can help the hunting. Um, It's just a matter of getting out there and, you know, dealing with the freaking heat and, me and Mike are no um, strangers to, you know, working in this heat right now. I mean. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, it's, especially for guys like us and obviously Dustin, you got the day to go do it. You have to go do it. And if it's 102 degrees, it's 102 degrees. Um, I went out and put trail cams out when it was raining one morning because I, I that was the morning I had and it was raining. So I, I went and got wet. You know, it's just sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Now, obviously, fire, you don't get to be as – you can't just go whenever. You've got to use the conditions that you have. But, um, yeah, now's the time, man. I mean, by the time this comes out, this will kind of be prime burning season, it sounds like, kind of starting now and and going for the next, you know, six weeks or however long you think you can push it.
2: Um, Yeah. Usually September is a good – kind of time one of my one of my growing season burns that i mentioned earlier is from a bunch of cedars that i cut earlier this year and i know they're going to be good and orange and i um, going to go ahead and take advantage of that to set back whatever's underneath of those and it'll leave it'll leave their skeletons um but i know the landowner is going to continue to run fire through there in the in the future and so they'll they'll work their way down but that's going to be good structure for the wildlife and everything so nice that's just another version of cut it and then and burn it to create the opportunity it's dead and that's how it'll burn so yeah
0: makes sense well they're already gonna hear this but uh let people know how they can get a hold of habitat works and uh get some uh pick some of your brain knowledge and have you come out and do some stuff for them
2: uh yeah give me a call 816-752-7390 habitatworksllc at gmail.com I'm on Facebook those are those are the best ways so
0: and obviously we're going to tag Dustin and if you are looking for work to get done or some plans to get done or whatever and you can't think of how who the hell that guy is that Missouri Woods and Water talked about just ask us or get on our website he's partnered with us he's one of our awesome partners we love uh, working with Dustin he's on our website he ain't hard to find. So if you can't figure it out, just ask us, um, and we'll, we'll point you in the right direction. So Dustin Williams, Habitat Works, thanks for coming on and talking about Summer
1: Fire. Thank you. See ya. See you, man.